You've tuned in to Columbia Calling, your first stop for everything you want to know about Columbia. How and where to invest, where to visit. From the Pacific to the Caribbean, the Andes Mountains to the Amazon jungle, Columbia has a slice of everything. Shooting from the hip, answering the questions that need answering. Here's your host, the journalist and hotelier, Richard McCall, shedding some light on the fashionable South American destination of Colombia. It's that time of the week again, folks. This is me, your host, Richard McCall, here in Bogota, Colombia, 2,600 meters closer to the stars. And this is episode 363 of the Columbia Calling podcast. Great episodes so far this year, I know you'll agree, the most popular of which has been, well, undoubtedly, uh, the conversation with my wife, Alba, in the episode entitled, How Does She Put Up With Me? So for those of you as thinking of embarking on, uh, let's say, an intercultural uh, relationship or bicultural relationship, tune into that one to hear a little bit from the other side of the story. So that was very popular indeed. Last week's with Tom Gatehouse from the Latin America Bureau about mining in South America and in Colombia in particular was very popular too. But I think this week's, due to its humor and of course controversy, will be even more popular. And we'll be talking to Eddie White Jr., who's the artist who made the front pages here, made the national press in Colombia for his depictions, which were observations of women in Medellin. So depending on where you stand and what you think about these things, but also I think if you take it into context with the rest of his artwork and see that how much comes through of his love for Colombia. So of course, take it into context, but it's a very interesting conversation, jovial, a good back and forth that flows. And I think you know, he explains himself very well. And at the same time, the people who've supported him, the people who've uh, begun to follow him and, of course, be more outspoken in agreement with his artwork and seeing the humor in it, have been Colombians living abroad and perhaps yearning for their home country once again. Uh, we'll be taking uh, a little break, but coming back with the final segment because Emma. Uh, Emily Hart will be taking a break this week. Uh, she's got other commitments on, and of course, you know we've got to we've got to be uh, flexible in these things. There'll be unfortunately no news segment this week, but I hope that she'll be back next week. Um, and of course, a huge thank you to those of you who signed up to the Patreon campaign and are helping uh, maintain the Columbia Calling podcast. And also, I did note a few of my listeners there: Diana Valencia, Adam Nunn. Uh, others, I know there are others, and I don't want to forget your names, signed up to listen to my chat on the panel on which I was invited at Canning House in the UK. And I was talking about the forgotten history of Jack Greenwell here in Colombia. Jack Greenwell, the football coach, perhaps one of the most football, uh, successful international football coaches, certainly of his time, but of course, who fell into obscurity due to the nature of his demise here in Bogota back in, oh, I want to say 1942. Anyway, that went very, very well with Canning House, and I'll be doing some more uh, webinars in the future, one organized with Bristol University and another one as yet to be announced. But anyway, um, I hope uh, that you can continue to uh, tune in and, and help us. And well, of course, it's all support, isn't it? 
Anyway, thank you very much. We'll be back in the next segment with Eddie White Jr. We'll be talking about his artwork. Check it out on Instagram. Just look up Eddie, E-D-D-I-E, white as in the color, J-R, Eddie White Jr. And of course, you'll see lots of uh, examples of his work there. Anyway, thank you again and don't go away. And we're back. This is segment three of episode 363 of the Columbia Calling podcast. And my guest this week, as I've been advertising and promoting, is the artist Eddie White Jr. He's from Australia and he arrived in 2020, but he's made a name for himself with the caricatures that he's been doing of Colombian, well, I would say individuals, elements of society, but most recently, uh, maps of each department and cities, which look a bit like sort of, I would say, fugly dolls pushed together uh you know in kind of monster type uh, uh drawings but it's it's really quite amusing and it's really quite uh, uh comfortable and you've got a huge following here in colombia so i'd i'd like to take this moment and say thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast uh eddie thanks richard thanks for having me on um uh, as they say long time listener <laughs> first time, time caller <laughs> very good well no I, yeah. again flattery is great i love that someone listens to the podcast <laughs> and uh you know i mean at least i'm not just a voice in the <laughs> yeah exactly in a garage somewhere but um hey <laughs> yeah i mean you arrived in 2020 let's 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 wind back why did you choose columbia for your i mean because it's i guess it's for artistic inspiration well, yeah, I'd been here the first time in uh, 2017. I visited um, Columbia then. My best friend, well, he, he wasn't my best friend until I came here. Sort of, We'd been long-time friends, but we hadn't seen each other for years and years. We met at a, an animation film festival in Croatia, in Zagreb, in 2006. And um, so we're both illustrators, animation filmmakers and that kind of thing. So we, we formed this friendship, but I didn't see him until, yeah, 2017 I came over. And finally, you know, my first trip to, to Latin America, which was exciting. And uh, I knew as minute, the minute I, because I always got along with Colombians that I met elsewhere, I always had this instant connection with them, which I didn't really know why. And I thought maybe they're all really nice. <laughs> and then I came here and <laughs> came here and it just felt like, oh, this is, this is the kind of place that I really could spend more time. And back then I had to come back to Australia, so I only spent three weeks the first time uh, I went to Bogota and, and Cartagena. But um, then uh, I came back, yeah, uh, 2020 was my sort of second trip here and I was on a one-way ticket and it was with the aim of staying long-term in Latin America. I wasn't sure about whether it was going to be Colombia or Argentina at that stage, but, yeah, the lockdown kind of decided that for me and I've been here ever since. And, and are you a trained artist from Australia, in Australia? Uh, I didn't train in in drawing. No, I actually uh, was that was sort of a self taught thing that I was born with in a way. Like I'd just been drawing ever since I was a little little kid. Um, I studied acting at university and also um, did animation filmmaking at the same time. So I guess I've got a few interests that have all kind of collided, and they've sort of usually converged in filmmaking or, or that kind of thing. So. Yeah. I say that there's a there's you know, there's definite overlap and cross cut. Definitely, I mean you know it's the creative industries and so on and yeah, and even with Instagram and artists, it's like you, you are a character. You know what I mean? You're not hundred <laughs> percent yourself. There's an element of 
some exaggeration at points. There's some points where you're 100% authentic, but generally it's very much, very much me. But I, I like the idea that um, there's almost a persona that goes along with the art, which um, I think I think most artists that I love had that in some way. So I sort of take some little tips from people here and there. Okay. And I mean, before we get into it, how would you describe your art, the stuff that you're putting out on your Instagram at the moment and so on? Yeah, it's interesting because until someone else describes it, you usually don't sit down and think, I'm going to draw in this particular style. You just draw and that's your style. Um, I, I think it's closer to pop art than anything. I mean, it's very much um, simple uh, kind of, like the the A to Z of Columbia stuff that I did was very much like quite, I think the simplicity is what makes that work, you know. Um, and then obviously the other stuff I do is more kind of uh, sensual, cheeky. Um, I think I, I like to make stuff that's got some, that makes someone feel something or, you know, or they feel hungry or they feel turned on or whatever it is. I just think that there, there's got to be some reason while you're doing that drawing, not just a pretty picture. So I, I like to have a bit of bit of spice in them in some way or shape or another. And you know. spices, spice is one thing. We can get into this later, but there's certainly some risque, uh, you know, yeah. Bawdy, uh, yeah. drawing in there. I, you know, would take me back to the kind of sort of Victorian era. No, not not Victorian. Yeah, Victorian era postcards from the seaside. <laughs> Later than that, I would say up into the 1950s, 60s, like you know, where where a a, sort of naughty, naughty kind of that's what you'd say in Australia. Wind might be lifting up a a dress, a skirt, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, I think I've always had that cheeky part of my personality. Um, and I think in Australia, obviously, we're British heritage, so there's probably that that um influence, but also Australians in general don't really get my stuff like I, I do i do have some australian fans but they find my sexual stuff not to their taste you know australian men don't particularly like the sexual drawings some australian women do but other australian women don't so it's very very interesting culturally to see uh how it impacts in different countries but colombians love it yeah. and that's the thing more than anyone else in the world they love the the more sexy, the more naughty the drawings are, the more Colombians follow me, like, comment, share. Yeah, and it's Colombian women. It's not Colombian men. Whenever she danced, her hips moved like melting caramel. I mean, is that, is that about Colombian lady dancing? <laughs> it's, well, it was inspired by a um, – I saw someone in my Insta story and she was dancing and her hips – looked like caramel and i thought that's uh, so i get inspired by a lot of things that i see in here not always colombian like not all of my sexual drawings are necessarily about colombian um i think some people made that assumption because i'm drawing them while i'm here but i was drawing them before i came to Colombia as well so um but and so yeah but i think it's essential i think it's essential country in in one way and then a really conservative country in another way which makes it a really interesting country to to engage with um yeah interesting on that level because it is you know like sort of mannerisms it's very conservative here i mean on the front on the outside yeah Yeah. Uh, and and people how they're educated how they behave uh you know unless your family because everybody knows it um but it's very conservative in that in that respect but then you notice again you'll say there's a latin sensuality beyond that and 
Yeah. What's what's the end game though? I mean, you did the A to Z, which is which is really cool. It's like a dictionary of of, of Colombian. I would say exuberance and exoticism and so on. Uh, and now these maps, and here's the map of Colombia. I'll just hold it up again. This is a high technology here, by the way. Uh, uh, yeah. Here's the map of Colombia. It's really fun. And you've got it like, see, there's a sort of, sort of a prehistoric fish in there and so on. Um, what's the end game? I mean, is there going to be a book of prints uh, or, I mean, are you selling? Yeah. Them? I mean, I'm about to launch some, some t-shirts and, um, and coffee mugs, that'll be the first dipping my toe into the water to see how they go. I'd love to make a book. I've spoken to a few publishers here, but um, uh, either the, the meetings didn't happen or the talks didn't necessarily progress, but I would love to love to make a book. But I, I just think there's – I try and live in the very much in the present with it and um, I'm just I, – I know that as I explore the country and explore the culture more and more, there'll be more and more inspiration that I get in all kinds of ways, whether it's food or expressions or geography or um, music, dance, women, sex, whatever it is, I think that I like exploring all of those aspects. And some people say to me, oh, why don't you draw about politics? And I thought, well, it's because it doesn't have that same deliciousness. You know, politics isn't it's, – it's, it's fascinating and it's, it's all of those things, but I'm not into making political memes and that kind of stuff. It's just not my – particular interests so and i'm not colombian so i don't really feel like i've only been here a year i'm not going to really comment on colombian politics deeply you know not yet you stay here much yeah, until i've been here as long as you <laughs> <laughs> no, you have a business visa now and so it, yeah you'll exactly. be paying taxes you'll want to start commenting. Yeah, but I, I also don't want them to kick me out so <laughs> this is true uh yeah it was the was it national day or international day of the journalist the other day and i guess yeah you know you gotta be careful <laughs> you do you do um you do now you, I mean, you arrived 2020 try, right, right before uh, the pandemic kicked in. So you've had plenty of time to be studying and drawing, and you 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 spent it all there in Cartagena under lockdown. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you got here. It was really weird because in February, I mean, we still thought of South America as an island distant from you know what was being discussed as something that was so far away and wouldn't get here. But in my view, in my personal opinion, the virus was here from December, but in small parts. Absolutely. Absolutely. Colombians coming home for Christmas. And I got From it. Europe. Yeah, I got it in, in March. Oh, you got it? Yeah, I got it in March after the big tourism fair here because there were 40,000 people from all over the world. Oh, wow. And I didn't know it was COVID because no one was talking about it. I was just bedridden for three days. I'm yeah. really bedridden, didn't have any pressure on my lungs or anything like that, but I, I couldn't get out of bed. I mean, it was just like a fuse that wouldn't go away. And what happened after that is that I wasn't lucid for the next few months. I mean, I was much slower in getting... So it's definitely COVID. And then I did a test later on, I mean, several months later, and they went, yeah, you've got yeah. we can see that you've had it. So I was like, well, that's that. Uh, and you know, but uh, I mean, how is this? I would say you haven't had it, obviously. Uh, but how has it no. affected your drawing and the way that you've you've you know established how you want to work here? Or does it just mean I you've been you know in the grind, working away in isolation? <laughs> yeah. Well, no. It has it really affected everything? I mean, it affected everything as far as it kept me in in Cartana, which 
in lockdown with, uh, by myself. And I guess in, in, in that sense, it forced me to explore Colombia virtually rather than physically because obviously I, was, I would have planned to go everywhere. But um, And I think it's a pretty nice city to be able to do that with the beautiful sunsets. And the, you wake up every morning and you hear the birds singing in that city and you feel good. It's yeah. just a city where you feel good. Yeah. Um, so I didn't feel depressed or lonely. I just felt... Uh, creatively uh, alive and I think that I started doing these Instagram lives and I started doing them almost every night I was doing them because it was my social time you know um and I was meeting and talking with uh mostly young Colombians from all over the country and also other Latin American countries and we would talk about everything from uh you know culture and relationships and uh sex and um religion and everything we talked about so, so i was i was mining these kind of followers for for all of this amazing information um and then a lot of them became became my friends and, and a lot of them inspired drawings as well so i guess in that way covid forced everyone to be inside and we were communicating with each other um and i'm also making an animated short film which the storyline is also about a virus that stops a little girl from being able to go to the beach. So she invites the beach to come to her and all the creatures kind of come on land. And Yeah, so it's definitely influenced lots of elements of what I've done here. That's cool. That's cool. I just want to go back to the idea of a book. Um, the publishers here won't want to pay you anything. I mean, that's the thing. Is that right? Yeah, they won't want to pay you anything. Or, you know, not even 10% on each sale. I, okay. you know, I would suggest going down to the... Barrio Ricaorte in in, Bo in Bogota, and that's where all the you can get all coffee mugs made and hats and books printouts and stuff. Just get self publish. Yeah, and, and you know when we are allowed back <laughs> in special yeah. events, there are some of us who always set up sort of things. You know, little. You know, I haven't done it in a while, but we had. A, you know, I helped edit a book and wrote a couple of stories for it. Cool. And we self published and actually did quite well. And oh, cool! Uh, get a, a few hundred people turn up, and you'd sell about you know to about seventy. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, and people have been asking for the book. People, people are like, where can I buy the A to Z of Columbia? And um, I'd love to be able to sell it. Um, obviously, there's some legal, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's some legal things with using brands and stuff like that. You know, having C for Chocolate and having yeah. uh, P for Postabon and stuff. Like, can you use the logo, or can I get those companies involved and yeah. sponsorship or something like that? So, there's a few things that have to be explored there um, that I think is simpler than. Uh, the maps, for example, the good thing about the maps is I can just go straight ahead and put them on T-shirts, put them on mugs, yeah. put them on anything because I own the rights to, you know, I don't own the rights to geography. But, <laughs> but you know, Rica Orte, it's actually quite a fun, you know how in Bogota uh, there are districts that sort of just specialize in one thing. You can go down to uh, near to the Quinta Mutis in the in the. 7 Agosto. So just when you leave the 7 Agosto and it's all, uh, you know, car repair stuff and, and all, you know, stolen goods. <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. you head across the way and it's all sort of 1980s uh, leather jacket emporiums. I mean, it's hilarious. Oh. So what's the area that's all the, like, I went to Unilago, which was like the electrical Yeah, you get everything. Place. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. Because we don't have that in my, in Australia and in, in particularly in my city in Adelaide, we don't have obviously the population like this. So I think where you've got a city like of 8 million people and you need 
to get they needed to get the stuff in certain areas. I think it's it's really cool. Like Paris is like that too, isn't it? Paris has got the area where you get the flowers and the areas where you get the dogs and the areas where you get the fruit. Whatever it is. I, I like the idea yeah. of, of going to the, you know, there's an area that only sells overalls. <laughs> Here. And, and they're all like referred to as like the Palacio de los Overoles. And then oh. where um, I've seen four or five shops in a row that sell sort of the paper guillotines, you know? It's a <laughs> in, in Bogota? In Bogota. It's not far from the Macarena, if I'm not mistaken. And then. Oh, right. So and there's fun. one part that's all wooden things, isn't there? All yeah. wood carved wooden yeah, and then if you go below the and it's all, you know, that one section where, where they all sort of make the sofas and chairs. <laughs> yeah. A map of that. Would I think be, that would be cool, but it'd be so hard because there's so many things. But so many, yeah. <laughs> you got time, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I mean, we talked about. I mean, I've t- I know friends have talked about doing it, but in the sort of writing, you know, this area is this, this. But but with the drawing, the illustration, I think it would be really fun. You know, the yeah. Area, the only area where you get your sort of stolen goods, and the area. Where <laughs> it, where, I don't know. <laughs> it would be a really good thing to have. I think it would yeah. be much in your in the field of your uh, very much. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely uh, take note of that because I think that I'm always. That's the thing. I feel like I'm I'm a walking set of eyes and ears. I'm always <laughs> I'm always soaking up whether it's songs or um, drawings or photo, photo, everything just goes into my head and then some comes out in some you form. Could, <laughs> you could go to one of the San Andresitos where it's all, you know, sort of laundering money, you know, all the stuff they sell. You just put the bit, for, uh, you know, the award of bills, I think. But <laughs> I, I did my, my thesis down in near to this, uh, in one of the San Andresitos in Los Martires, you know, in a pretty down at hill part of old industrial part of Bogota, uh, not far from the Bronx. And, and I used to park in this car park. And then one day they knock it, they were knocking down the car park. And I said, what are they putting up here? And they went, Oh, another, another uh, Centro Comercial mall. And I was like, these aren't really malls because they've got <laughs> those tiny sort of shops in there that seem to survive somehow on selling Chinese phone covers, phone covers. And you're like, that's not an industry. And I went to the owner. I went, yeah, well, it's, you say Centro Comercial. I say Lavadero. And he went, you know how it is, don't you? <laughs> I say, well, you know, I've, I've been spending six months down in this, almost this area right. every day. You see it, you know, <laughs> so, so where they go to clean money is, is that's where, oh. oh, and it's been going for so long. It's, it's, it's yeah. just where, where things are. It's so easy. It's this gray area between legal and illegal Chinese goods and so on and so forth. Fascinating. It's Contraband. Fascinating. Yeah. Problem is that you know I'm six foot two and and I don't look Colombian. Uh, so <laughs> I stand out <laughs> down there. Um, but now let's go back to your art because it's you know who are, who are your your biggest fans uh, for this art because because I think you know when we talk about my, like the podcast I get a lot yeah. of people from the Colombian diaspora in the United States. Yeah, uh, and of course in Europe a little bit more, a little bit less. I mean, uh, but I think your art makes people, let's say, yearn for Colombia. Yeah, more than people in Colombia itself. Well, yes, but I mean, fifty-six percent of my followers are based here. So, um, and then then it's the USA, and probably most of the ones in the USA are. Uh, Colombians yeah. <laughs> who are living in the USA. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely most of my followers in, in Colombia and 21% of those are in, in Bogota. So my biggest audience is, I would say would be 
uh, a woman between the ages of 18 and 25 in Bogota. That's that's my audience. All right, fair enough. So yeah. we have to move on to the controversy. Yes. We have to move on to this. The polemic. And it was Girls of Medellin. Right? Yeah. The girls of Medellin, and it made El Tiempo and Publimetro and everything else. What was it that offended people <laughs> about this? Was it, was, it because it was true, too accurate? <clears throat> well, I mean, the funny thing is that I, I, I did drawings for the girls of Bogota they liked when it. I first arrived. No, yeah, there was no controversy. They liked it. Bogotá I did the like, girls yeah, of Cartagena. Yeah, girls of Cartagena. Yep, they loved it. They were sharing it and everything. And then um, I, I think I'd been in Medellin for like three or four days. I hadn't even been there a week. And I, I thought, well, I've definitely got to draw the girls in Medellin because girls were asking me, when are you going to draw the girls in Medellin? We want to see you draw us. And so I thought, okay, I've got to do this, but I want to get a good idea about what the, you know, and it's mainly younger women that I'm drawing. I'm not drawing women in their 50s or their 40s. It's, it's what the trendsetters, you know, what are the girls wearing in the street? Like what are the girls wearing in the shopping malls? So I went to um, uh, Santa Fe uh, shopping mall, you know, in, in Bogota, yeah. which is a really nice area. And so I thought, okay, well, I'm not going to see necessarily the working class kind of thing, but, you know, you, you – and so I got a really good cross-section of what the girls were wearing in, uh, and also in other areas. Um, and I sort of made mental notes of them. Okay, so ripped jeans, uh, a lot of, like, leg tattoos, a lot of um, straight, long hair and, and that kind of stuff and all this stuff which I I thought was really cool and really, you know, cool. Like I had no problem with it and I wasn't making any judgment about it. And when I drew it, it was very much like, yeah, this is just a slice of what the girls in Medellin are wearing because the climate's different to Bogota, because the culture is different there, because the reggaeton is, you know, it's the home of reggaeton and that kind of stuff. And I put on Instagram. And it was, it, it was quite popular on Instagram. And then my, my downfall, no, well, I put it on Twitter, which was obviously, and that's where people go that's to. Where hate comes from. And that's where, hate, that's where hate is born. <laughs> so um, I put it on Twitter and then I think within a few hours I was getting backlash from um, some, some members of, of uh, you know, the community. And uh, mainly there was some sort of, uh, I guess a feminist stance. I mean, look, the thing is I've got a lot of feminist followers. I know that it wasn't all feminists, but there was a particular stance of feminists in in Colombia that were um, in Medellin or wherever um, saying that we don't look like this and that this is uh, stereotyping and this is dangerous and this is um, – and you're a sex tourist and you're a cocaine sniffer and all this kind of stuff. And I didn't engage. I thought, well, I'm none of these things that they're they're saying I am, so I'm not going to start having some war war online. Um, so I just sat back and watched it happen, and it just grew and grew and grew. And I got messages of hate, I got threats, I got um, uh, you know all kinds of comments on my page, and I was just block 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 <laughs> blocking a lot of people. And then the funny thing happened when it hit the news, when it hit the El Tiempo, when it hit. Um, Caracol and, and those ones, that's when the opposite happened. I got this wave of support of Colombians going, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. This is all bullshit. You know, don't worry about it. This is Colombia. It's polar. It's um, it's a country of double morals. And they started telling me all this stuff about 
Colombia, which I didn't really ever think about, you know, and they were telling me all these words about morongos and, and all these different expressions, which I didn't know about when I came to Medellin. So um, I got 6,000 followers who suddenly saw my art and were like, oh, we really like his stuff. So I got even more Colombian followers from it. So it ended up being a positive thing. And it taught me that because I'm very much like I always want people to like my stuff, you know, like I, 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 and if someone doesn't like it, I always think, oh, why don't they like it? Then I realised, wow, yeah, I think to be an artist means that you will be hated by particular people. Well, I'm looking at I mean, look at there's 450 something comments on this one here, and you've got like, yeah, depravado sexual, and then you've got <laughs> someone. I don't see anything bad about this. You've yeah, you've, you've drawn reality that reality that. Um, but this is interesting because you know, I, I mean, people are saying I don't fit into this. Of course, people, some people aren't going to fit into this, and, and yeah, others Colombians are saying, yeah, this is the perfect uh, graphic representation. So you, I mean, you got everything. But you know, I work a lot in in you know the service industry, having hotels and so on, and uh, little mm-hmm. ones. But it's the negative reviews that obviously I remember most, and the difficult. The, the difficult guests who I remember most rather than the, the positive. Ones. The positive yeah. ones. So yeah. I don't know. I mean. The vocal minority. Yeah. Have you got, uh, have you got, you know, grown thicker skin since this? Def- definitely. Um, I used to care about if something now, now I'm like, bring it on. You know what I mean? And I would never do something to cause controversy. I never, I never would draw something to um, poke the, you know, poke the bear or, yeah. that kind of thing. I just do what I do. And, and I often consult people, you know, like, oh, oh, if I, oh, is this, is this considered poor taste or whatever? I usually check with a few Colombians and then usually I get a good gauge and whether I draw it or not. And obviously it's, it's, it's personal taste, isn't it? Yeah. Some people just will think any drawing of sex is sexualized or hypersexualized, whereas other people will be like, that's so erotic. And, and so what I've realized is that I'm going to be drawing drawings for a particular kind of people in general and if the people don't like it they don't like it that's good you know yeah, so be it now and, and i saw my mentions there is that when are you going to do bucaramanga when are you going to do ibage yeah um, everyone's asking yeah it's cool isn't it i mean yeah this is i mean this is like i said increased your visibility i'm sure increased your yeah. work uh, you know, it's publicity for an artist. I mean, El Tiempo, Publimetro, Caracol. Did they even interview you or they just picked it up and just ran with it? Yeah. Yeah, I was a bit – that's what annoyed me a bit was that um, the first couple of – including El Tiempo and these, you know, very reputable news, they didn't even reach out for a, a comment or a explanation. It was just this is what's happening. And then I think – what Colombians kind of, I think, what, the sense I get is that Colombians don't like being told what to think. So the minute the news says this is controversial, they go, really? You know, there's massacres in this country. There is all this sort of stuff happening. Like, are we really worried about a drawing that's probably, like, actually real? So that's what I, I've discovered is that when it hit the news, that's when I got the support. But when I was just on Twitter, that's when I was getting the hate. And oh, yeah. the, the support drowned out the drowned out the hate i think it's an interesting point here about sort of this thing massacres taking place so etc um i think that a lot of the the, the big media will love this sort of thing to generate yeah controversy and then of course it's great to then hide what's going on let's have the moral outrage of 
against something that okay it rubs a lot of people up the wrong way yeah but in within the context you're not insulting anyone no no and it was it was almost like a love letter to pisces as opposed to uh, me parodying or me having a go at them i mean if i'd had arrows saying you know silicon breast implants or you know plastic surgery i would have understood that as being disrespectful i wouldn't have done that yeah exactly and even though there is people in colombia do know metagene obviously a degree of metagene for that but i was never going to do something like that which is why i kept it pretty innocent but i think that the um the the news the news stations that did contact me and because i did get interviewed for uh notices uh noticias red i think it is okay red yeah 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 and and catacol i think catacol interviewed me later um which i really respected because they reached out and i said look you know thank you so much you know because i love this country i love i love the people of this country i never wanted to sort of um annoy anyone but then i realized that yeah that's that's gonna happen you know, I, I would put it in obviously high high praise here. Put it like matador in el tiempo and stuff. You know, the the caricaturist, he really hits home hard and gets death threats mm. and has to do things. But, but you know, it's right. not it's not out there to no. to be consumed by everyone. No, you know, he's he's obviously pushing a political agenda. You're not, but no. at the same time, you're just just saying it as it is. Um, yeah, it's just an observation. It's my observation. Yes, I'm foreigner. Yes, I'm um, I'm an Australian. But no, I'm not a sex tourist. No, I'm not a cocaine uh, sniffer and all these – I'm not a misogynist and <laughs> all these things that they were calling me. So, oh, yeah. You know, it's it tough, fun. isn't it, on this one? I was going to get – I actually had the confirmation for one of these sex tourists to come on the podcast. The guy who was managing like a sex tourism – Oh, it's like a ring. Brett, Brett, uh, his name was Austin Summers. Oh, he yeah, I heard about that. Of Medellin and kicked out of Colombia, and and rightly so. But I yeah. had him lined up for for an interview, and I I announced it uh, that I was gonna because I was going to give him a really hard time. I mean, yeah, I I have the ability to do so. Hopefully, uh, you know, in a, in an intelligent manner, and the attacks that I got. I mean, really quite hardcore attacks. And now I, I respect the attacks from a lot of yeah. proper, proper academic feminists and so on. I was like, I was going to get him on to ridicule and to show him for Grilling. what he was. But the attacks were like, I can't believe you're digging in, that you're backing. Giving him airtime. Yeah, giving him airtime, promoting him. It's like, no, the idea is that we sink him. Yeah, no, yeah, sink him totally, and of course he's sunk without a trace now, and I think he's back in yeah. Canada. I think I want to say he's from there, but it and I looked at his website and stuff. No, and it was just uh, it was awful, and I really wanted to get get that out there to, and also to uh, to sort of push it towards Colombians and say don't allow this to happen. Uh, yeah, you know, try and work together to ensure that we can create sort of a different. I would say I don't know. A, an economic model that doesn't have to move towards this, you know, so I, I'm getting yeah. deeper things here about the society and so on. And yeah, just got to be careful. But I really, and I mean, it's like, I'm not backing down on this. My, this is, this is, you know, my show, I'm going to show him for what he is. It's just not publicity in that respect. But anyway, <laughs> and so you, didn't, you didn't have him on in the end. Oh, well, no, it wasn't a question of that. He just disappeared. I mean, it, it 
obviously got too oh, hot for him here and he was expelled, I think, from the country. So uh, yeah, I still enough. might, you know, sort of chase him up, but I doubt he'll respond. <laughs> do you think, do you think Colombians love controversy? I like how uh, are they, n- not a doubt about it. And melodrama. Uh, yeah. That's someone said to me, if it's a, te- it's like a telenovela here, oh, it's like, um, everything. which I mean, at least it's never boring. I mean, that's the thing about, uh, Colombia, it is never, never boring. It's never, you know, it's often over the top or dramatic, <laughs> but you know, I think the reason I came here was that I was bored in Australia. So <laughs> I came, well, I definitely, the, ended up. you know, we go through these periods right now of, of, great uncertainty and, and challenging times. And I wonder, would I be better for my family elsewhere? And obviously I look at the UK and it's like, uh, no. No, <laughs> not the UK. But at the same time you think, well, the stability and so on. And I'm like, I would be so bored. I would yeah, be so that's, bored. that's why you're here. That's yeah. why you're in Colombia. That's yeah. why I'm in Colombia. It's got something special. It's, it's like you're saying, it's there's some craziness about it, but it's an incredibly special place. And I I can't see myself in the near future anyway wanting to be anywhere else. I just I found such um, connection with people here that I haven't had in any other country. And I think the Colombians love talking. They really, they will talk to you about anything and everything. And uh, they're not boring people. The Colombians are never boring. Oh, I think so. Would you describe yourself then? Because I've been described as this now because I'm in my 40s, so I'm not, you know, I'm not jumping off uh, cliffs, cliffs on bungee and stuff. But uh, I, I've been described as a non-conventional thrill seeker. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I'm not, yeah, I'm definitely not into parasailing, bungee jumping. But but that, contra- like the controversy, it, I guess it did give me a bit of a, a rush and it was unexpected. I didn't expect it, but it was like, Wow, if that's if that's what being an artist in Colombia is, then you know, like it's, it's not boring. And I thought, you know, I'd I'd happily uh, not have one of those every day, but you know, I'll I'll take those moments for all the, you know, the amazing stuff. Well, I, I also want to make reference at this moment to a, a, a countryman of yours, Lachlan Page, who wrote a book called Magical, magical Disinformation. Uh, so, oh, you know, nice. it's out in Australia, it's out online and so on. And, it, yeah. and he talks about the politics. He lived here for, for many years, oh. got married to a Colombian. He's now back in Australia. Uh, yeah. But he's he's taken what essentially are real political events that have got taken place in the last few years and made them fiction. And you're just like, it is bizarre, isn't it? It's never boring. And it's a, yeah. it's a fun read. You can read it in... in oh, wow. I have to, yeah, I have to read that. I had him on just before the end of last year uh, talking about it. And it's, it's fun. I, I would recommend it in, in that respect because as you don't get so involved in the politics, it you could read it, enjoy it, thinking this There's is a story. But at the same time, almost every item of polit- political item that he mentions is actually based on a real. Is actually real. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, look, I think that I, I'm almost more interested in Colombian politics than Australian politics. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, like when I was in Australia, it's something about being in your own country. So it's, you're just eye rolling about everything. Yeah. So, yeah, it's that. Whereas in Colombia, uh, if you're Colombian, I'm, I'm sure everyone's political here in one way. Um, but just, you know, little things like the. Um, you know, yeah, all the things that I've been learning about that people have been telling me about the president or been telling me about the previous presidents or previous um, candidates or whatever, it's 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 like a, a movie, isn't it? It's like one long 
It's so unreal. I mean, some yeah. And the most recent was, of course, the Duque doing his economy and naranja with orange juice and water, and you're just like, I saw that. He's the premier of this country, and he's giving a chat explaining. I mean, he's. I, I'm expecting him to sing live on TV next. I'm expecting him to get up, which is what uh, an Ecuadorian president many many years ago did as well. He was being criticised for something. He started singing. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, right. I don't know. Uh, I would not. I would. Yeah, I, you know, you'll be here long enough, and you'll have to get involved in politics. I I sort of made a promise to myself for many years to yeah. get involved, but then there came a time where I just couldn't. Uh, yeah. Plus, you're British. <laughs> I think British people are instinctively drawn to politics I think there's so. something we like being miserable <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you're, you're drawn to miserable subjects well, whereas Australians true. it's, it's the, Australians no, it's, it's like yeah. there is a degree of Australians that are but Australians are more about you know having a good time and, yeah. and, and that kind of stuff so I like bleak movies you know with yeah. uh, bleak movies with with uh, austere soundtracks and grey skies <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, British tick. tick, tick. Yeah. Well, so I've got yeah. obviously like a lot of my heritage is British, yeah. so I've got a there's an element of that in me. But um, I've de- I definitely feel atypically Australian in in many ways. Like I don't drink, and I love dancing. And um, you know, Australian men in general are the most dance, uh, you know, dance heavy kind of people. They're very uh, stiff, kind of macho. <laughs> Um, and everyone drinks. So it's been cool to come here and almost be the truest version of myself that I've ever been in another country. And then to see that people are um, embracing that, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing feeling to have at the age of 39 when you're much more comfortable with yourself than you are when you, you know, 20. Oh. So. so with that in mind, I'm expecting you to draw next a, a parody or the real thing uh, observations of expat immigrants in Colombia. <laughs> actually what I'm going to do with a cloud over my head yeah cloud <laughs> over your head exactly I'm actually going to do an A to Z of um, Australian things because I think a lot of Colombians don't know a lot about Australia and other than kangaroos and and koalas and Vegemite so I'm going to do an Australian A to Z and hopefully that sheds some light on the little foods and Bands and you know people are oh, in excess and you know like they didn't realize certain things were australian so all right well yeah. excellent well let me take this moment and say thank you i mean we're coming to an end here people can check you your stuff out on instagram it's what eddie white jr jr yep eddie white jr uh where else have we got stuff instagram stories you're doing things instagram stories i'm doing a lot of like uh, I do a lot of interaction where I sort of ask a question and I say, look, what's the typical Colombian breakfasts? And they say everything they eat for breakfast. And then I'll go and draw the breakfast foods of Colombia tomorrow. So hopefully tomorrow when I launch the breakfast, the taste of the Colombian breakfast, which I think will be a popular one because Colombians love their breakfast. Um, so that'll be fascinating. It was so different to Australian breakfast. I mean, I couldn't believe how different it was. Well, you, have you tried the changua? I, I do not dare because I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah, don't. <laughs> I'll be. Anyway, I'll be. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you'd be. It might actually kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Death by Changua. Changua. Is it Changua? Changua milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't tried that, but I've tried. Um, what else did I try? I tried Masato, which I hated. Um, 
which I really didn't have the taste for. But, you know, there's many things that taste good here, of course. Yeah, but so Masato wasn't one for me. Quickly back up on that one, quickly, quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chopo Ramo, te amo. Very good. Well, listen, Eddie, thank you so much for your time. Hopefully when when things are a bit more normal, our paths will cross in person and I can invite for sure. you to coffee. Uh, we can chat yeah. again. And, and I wish you all the best. At, uh, controversy or no controversy <laughs> it's been fun this has been a good yeah for sure and uh i think a book is going to be i think this forthcoming i think so. yeah definitely i don't know when but there's a story there's a story developing oh, that's yeah. for sure so yeah. this is, uh, I've been talking to Eddie White Jr., the artist from Australia, who's courted some controversy, but also gained a whole uh, lot of followers and, and support for his art. Described as pop art by himself, he's done the A to Z to Colombia, and he's done sort of drawings of, of paisas, rolas, and so much else, and all the fruit and foods and regions and maps. I mean, he's covered just about everything. Uh, so you check his, out his stuff, Eddie White Jr., that's JR, on Instagram, Instagram stories etc but he's going to be around for a while he's got a business visa so i don't think he's going anywhere just yet no. <laughs> uh, of course this has been episode 363 of the columbia calling podcast feel free to back us on patreon for as little as two dollars a month to keep us going and uh, thank you for listening this has been a really fun conversation and uh, so we're signing off for this week next week we'll be taking on uh, another topic columbia related and we've got a fair few people in the, in the pipeline for the future so Thank you again. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for having me. Most welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.